When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. To hurt at Sports Radio. Pressure by Barnett and Flacco releases just in time. It's picked up by Steven Nelson. He's got the INT across the 30, the 40, the 50. Right sideline, the 40, the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, 6, yes. Steven Nelson. Yes! Take that, Cleveland. Clyde Edwards Hilarious in the game now at running back. They fake to him. Mahomes throws right side. Top Rice at the 5 angling right. Touchdown! Kansas City, rookie Rushy Rice, his first postseason touchdown. And he takes the snap, fakes the handoff, tight pocket, throws it, intercepted, intercepted back the other way. It's going to be a pick six for Derrick now seven. Oh, my goodness. Right back to Montgomery, to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit. Shotgun snap, golf back, golf looks, golf pumps, now throws, end zone, yes. caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Sam Laporta. He's back, he's playing, and he's in the end zone. Good morning, welcome in to Hurt Out Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are live at the Hurt Out Sports Bar and Grill today. We were able to make it in. Andrew Rogers with me. I'm Ravi Lula. How are you? My man. I'm good. I'm good. We had a great weekend. Yeah. Despite it being uh, the coldest weekend I've ever (laughs) experienced in my life, it was a fantastic weekend. The fiance and I went to a brand new restaurant, um, and it's a fine dining establishment. It, It may become my favorite fine dining establishment of all time. So good. And it's a Ravi recommendation. It's on Old Market. I'm going to name drop. Yeah, I mean, people have heard me talk about it yeah, before. V-Mertz. Yeah, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, that may be the best steak I've ever had. Yeah, and it's not like a steakhouse, right? It's no. like a fine dining Mm-mm. place, but they have probably the best steak I've yeah, ever had. Yeah, so we started with uh, these pork fat butter rolls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those were insane. Everything, everything has like a little touch on it that takes it from like, oh, that's really good to like, what in the hell? Yeah, it was, sorry, it was pork fat coconut yes. butter rolls. Yes. yes, you're right. It takes it to the next level. And then we uh, we had the main course. Ashley's a f- uh, seafood person. Yep. So she, which I don't know if this is freshwater 
Um, it was the Great Lakes walleye, which if I had to guess, that had to come from oh, the Great Lakes. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> that that so that's area. probably fresh water. Yeah. Right. Um, so she is. She, she just likes uh, fish more than she likes red meat. And I got the New York strip, which was when they presented it to me. <laughs> I'm like, did he do the like the drizzle on? Oh, yep. He did the drizzle. Yeah. Yeah, first off, it was cut in half. Yep. You could see the color. That it was, like, perfectly cooked. And I like I like rare. Okay. Um, I'm kind of a psycho. <laughs> I want mine mooing. But at restaurants, I normally go medium rare just in case yeah, it just, doesn't come raw. Yeah, just to be a little safe. Now, here I'm like, I could probably say a rare steak and they'd... You'll get it. They'll get it right. It, yeah. it would be 100% rare. But uh, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to stick with medium rare because that's still a, a perfect color. What I didn't notice was what was coming next. So he presents this steak to me, and then he's like, peppercorn something sauce. I don't, I don't remember. It's the brandy peppercorn the sauce. The brandy peppercorn yeah. sauce, yeah. I'm and obsessed he, with it. <laughs> he wraps it around the plate. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, I don't really do, like, A1 on my steaks. Yeah, so this like, is not A1. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I don't know how much I'm going to actually use this, but thanks. Uh, so I first cut in to the steak, and... You would think a New York strip has, like, a good amount of fat yeah. in it. This has, like, no fat. It, it, it's essentially a um, – it's essentially um, – why can't I think of it? Filet? I, I, I want to – thank you. Yeah. I wanted to say tenderloin, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not right. It is essentially a filet. There's, like, zero fat in this New York strip. I don't know how that happened, but it, it was uh, – you, you finished the whole thing. I, I cut into it right away. I dip it into the sauce because I'm like, oh, I'll try this. And I don't even know if the sauce was the best part. Because <laughs> I put that in my mouth and I go, oh, there's some, like, really nice char on the yeah. bottom of this steak. Yeah. And, you know, then the next bite was even better. And then the next bite was even better. And I felt like that scene, and I, I'm going to go back to my SpongeBob days, <laughs> where King Neptune throws up the Krabby Patty because he wants to eat it again. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted to do in this instance. I wanted to throw up the entire steak and, and eat then, it again. And then eat it one more time. Uh, but you know what? We don't stop there. We go to the dessert. Can I say this? Yeah, go ahead. Can I say this? Yeah. We go to dessert, and I, I told them before the meal started, I'm like, we're having the creme brulee. Like, that's at the end. Because <laughs> I won't shut up about Robbie, it. <laughs> Robbie can't stop talking about the creme brulee. That's what we're having. And he's like, okay, sounds good. So they bring the creme brulee when it's ready to, to die for. But then they pair it with, like, this long, like, fudgy chocolate bar. Yeah. And it's got, um, like, three dollops of... Um, <laughs> like whipped cream. Thank you, I, dude. You <laughs> you wanted you to say Cool Whip. <laughs> you wouldn't imagine where my brain was like trying to, because it's like it's meringue. Yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like but it kind of looked like a whipped cream. But yeah, it, but it reminds me of this instance where I I ate a piece of butter thinking it was like something else because it looks like the same shape at a fancy place. Um, so they put that next to us, and then the guy with because we didn't drink, so Ashley uh, was like, "Nah, we don't need anything. Like, let's just uh, stick to water." Um, and I'm like, "Okay, cool. Like, I'll I'll do the same." This guy comes by with two glasses and sets them down on our table and goes, "This pairs super well with your dessert." And I'm like, "No, man. Like, I didn't." <laughs> First off, I didn't order this chocolate bar. <laughs> now you're coming with a wine that's probably way too expensive for what I need. And he goes, no, this is from, this is from your friend Ravi. And I go, you're kidding. <laughs> so Ravi, 
ended up paying for not only the dessert, but the wine to pair for it. I mean, the the coolest move in the entire world. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. Like that, I was in so much awe that I don't even think the dessert could top how much awe I was in. And then I took one bite of the creme brulee and I was like, oh my gosh. And you forgot I existed. Uh, <laughs> well, and then Ashley and I were joking because we go, how much of a power move would it be for Ravi to call and say it's from him and then not pay for it? <laughs> Like they come with the bill and it's just everything's just on the bill. Actually, I, I thought that would be even funnier and uh, I still would adapt you up for that. Shane, what does that mean? I don't know. Is it the same as drizzle or it's is it spilling the, same as the tea? <laughs> yeah, it's spilling, spilling the, the tea. tea. Spilling the tea. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't paid for it yet. I got to call Matt, <laughs> but, but it's fine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Me and Matt are cool. He listens to the show. He's a good yeah, dude. Yeah, great, great, uh, uh, great friend of the show. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, no. So he actually he text he texted me and goes like, "Hey, I've got an Andrew Rogers with a St. Louis number. Like, I assume that's your Andrew Rogers." And I was like, "Yeah, like, hey, why don't you do this, this, and this, or whatever?" And um, My man. <laughs> and so yeah, I still got to settle up with Matt, but we're all good. He uh, he's a good dude. But uh, there. <laughs> So I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. Oh, I'm it glad was, you had it a good was time. great. It um, was unbelievable. And again, usually no free pump promos, but but we love V-Merts over there. Um, and honestly, was that not like the best dessert you ever had in your life? Uh, hands down. Like it's incredible. well, and I don't eat fancy things. Like I'm vanilla ice cream. Yeah. It, you put a bowl of vanilla ice cream in front of me. I don't need toppings. I don't need a chocolate syrup. Like I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but this is that like it, it, to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know what? You read some of the stuff in there and you're like, eh, I don't know if I'm really going to like this. Like I see like farm poached egg and X, Y, and so Z. Good. Like don't even look at what's in there. Just eat it. Yeah. That's what I learned yes. from B-Merts. Don't even look. That That's the only place. This is the highest compliment I can give anyone is uh, that's the only place where I will eat vegetables. Like no questions asked. I will eat whatever they put in front of me, no questions asked, because it's always phenomenal. Is this a vegetable? Sorry, sir. That's actually I, no, like, just greenery on the table. I hate mushrooms. Like, I hate mushrooms. If they put mushrooms on something, I will eat it. And I've never been disappointed. Like, I hate mushrooms. I can't even explain to you. I don't like mushrooms. How either. much I hate mushrooms. Like, I will go out of my way. They're the only people I trust that I'm like, if you say it's good, it's good. Like, I don't alter anything. I don't, like, adjust anything. I'm just like, whatever you guys say. Because I don't have, like, allergies, right? right? right it's, like, yeah. preferences. It's, like, you guys are you guys know better than me. So I'll just – I'll eat what you tell me to. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, I I tried to stay warm. I was staying in this weekend. Yeah, lucky. I uh, – I, so I, but it was a good weekend to stay in because there was a lot going on. Uh, I want to start with – I mean, this happened, what, a few hours after we got off the air on Friday. <laughs> if that. Yeah, if that. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, your new head coach at Alabama – your best friend. So I'm, I got to be honest with you. I'm like really conflicted here. <laughs> I, I can understand why. Because I love Kalen DeBoer. Mm-hmm. He absolutely deserves to have this quality of a job, right? Really don't want Alabama to keep being good. <laughs> and so I am, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place here, right? Because I want Kalen DeBoer to be successful. I also want Alabama to come back to earth a little mm-hmm. bit post Saban. So I am really, I'm very, very conflicted here. I'm torn. You know what I wanted to happen? Because I like Florida State. People know that. I root for Florida State outside of Nebraska. I, it's a weird thing. It's nice to have, a t- when you're doing this job, it's nice to have teams you root for that you don't cover. Because it's a totally mm-hmm. different thing, mm-hmm. right? Like the way that I d- yeah, digest can. Nebraska football from how I used to is like before, like when I was a kid, right? It's, it's just so different because of this job. 
Whereas, like, with Florida State, I don't have to go on and talk about it. I just – I can watch games. I can do whatever. Um, so it's nice to have that. It's part of the reason I like the NBA because we don't talk a ton of NBA here. So I can kind of just fan and do my thing and, like, it's it not – It could be on the, in the background if you needed to. Yes. Like, you don't have to, like, dial in. You don't have to take notes. I don't have to watch three times to make sure I catch everything. Like, it's just a thing that I enjoy, right? And so what I was actually hoping would happen – which sounds weird. I was hoping Alabama would hire Mike Norvell so that I could be mad at him and root against Alabama. I can't be <laughs> mad at Kalen DeBoer. I can be mad at him for leaving. I can understand why he left. I said on Friday I thought he should leave if he got the call because all the crap going on with Florida State and the ACC. I was like, oh, listen, he should go if he gets the call. And I still think he would have. But it would have been really easy to root against him because it's like, oh, you bailed on Florida State, you jerk, whatever. I can root against Mike Norvell in Alabama. I really can't root against Kalen DeBoer. Well, and Kalen DeBoer at Washington was the underdog. Yeah. So it was easy to, to root, root for him. him. Yeah. But he's now he's under- not really the underdog anymore. He's been an underdog his whole life. Uh-huh. Ten years ago, he was coaching NAI football. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a, like NAIA football, a real thing. Now he was winning national titles there. But ten years ago, this man was an NAI football coach at Sioux Falls University. Now he's the head coach at Alabama. He's got the big boy pants on. He's got the... Arguably the biggest job in the country. It's like that or Texas are the biggest jobs in the country. I, and like, a close third is Georgia. Yes, but I think Georgia is behind Alabama and Texas. Uh, in, histor- in terms of prowess. Yeah, because historic. Yeah, not where they're at right now. But historically, Alabama's the biggest job in the country. Maybe Notre Dame, but Notre Dame doesn't have the, have the current expectations that Alabama does. Right? It is the biggest job in college football. And this guy who was coaching NAI football... Which is, again, and I don't say this disparagingly, the lowest level of college sports. That's where I coach at. I, I'm not disparaging that level. I don't think people understand how good that level is. But he went from the lowest level of college sports to the highest level of college sports in 10 years. That, that's part of the reason I like him, right? Because I used to, like, we played against Sioux Falls when I was coaching basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, we would play. I played at tournaments against Sioux Falls that Sioux Falls was hosting. Like, I was in the same, on the same campus as Kalen DeBoer. I never met him. But on the same campus as Kalen DeBoer while he was there. Like, that to me blows my mind that, like, there was a point in our and coaching careers that low. we were not that far apart. <laughs> like, in terms of. So what of, you're saying is, Robbie, you should be the I'm, coach at Duke. I'm going to be not. the North Carolina head coach <laughs> any day. No. Um, no, what? I. Did you do with your life? <laughs> I'm hosting a radio show. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> but so I, I root for him because of the level he came from. I root for him because he's a Midwest guy. I root for him because he seems like a genuinely good human. I don't like Alabama. <laughs> so that's where I'm but at. But the good news is, you, even though you don't like Alabama, Alabama's not good with DeBoer. Alabama has been good with Saban. Yeah. So until Alabama gets really good with DeBoer like it was with Saban, you can still like DeBoer and Bama at this stage. As long as they're not, like, running off national titles and stuff like that. So here's actually what I'm, I, decide, I landed on as far as what I can root for here. I think Alabama is the fan base and boosters and everybody is stupid enough that he can win, like, 10 games a year. And they'll fire him after like four years if he doesn't win a national title. So he can still be wildly successful and still get fired. And then he ends up somewhere that I can deal with a little bit better. So that's what I'm pulling for here is that he just like 
is not quite like he keeps getting bounced in the first yeah, round. It's funny of the Alab- of the of the twelve team playoff. Like that's what I'm rooting for here. You know, it's really funny because that that easily could happen. Oh, it's a very but, realistic but, scenario. But at what point do you? At what point do you kind of like put expectation aside and just be like, hey, I got to be happy with this result until we win a national title because there won't be another Nick Saban. Although they probably thought there won't be another Bear Bryant. And then yeah, Nick Saban and then they got along. Nick Saban and like he's like, I'm going to double down and be better than Bear. <laughs> right. So that's the problem, though, with these situations, right, is usually, I mean, Nebraska is a great example here. Usually you don't gain perspective until you've suffered for a long time, right? Alabama fans, I feel like, gained some perspective post-Gene Stallings. Caitlin DeBoer is Frank Solich. No, I mean, he very well could be, and that would be a great record to have. Went to a national title game, won conference cha- championships, won double-digit games, I think three out of his six years, maybe four. And the difference is Solich was here for four yes, years. Yes, he, he was an in, incoming hire, right? Um, like, he could be Frank Solich, which would be, again, very successful, and in a 12-team playoff, would have made the playoff four of his six years, I think, as a coach, which is terrific. I mean... Nothing, you really can't do anything wrong with that. Um, you could look at that and say, at Alabama, I genuinely think he would get fired for that. And I think it's because what we learned from Frank Solich is you don't gain perspective on what you've had until you've suffered, right? Nebraska fans hadn't really suffered in the Frank Solich era, when Frank Solich was here. Then you had Callahan. Then you had Polini, who kind of righted the ship for a while. And then you had Riley and Frost back-to-back. I feel like Nebraska fans have finally suffered long enough to appreciate Matt Rule. Bama fans aren't going to appreciate Kalen DeBoer because he's not Nick Saban. No one is Nick Saban. There is not a single person you could have hired that is going to be Nick Saban. Unless he wins right away. I mean, he's probably got to win a national title within his first three years. Well, And after seeing him in the top four and yeah. national championship game the last two Is that out of the question? People at Bama have even higher expectations yeah, like, okay, for DeBoer. If he could do that at Washington, what can he do here? Because if it was Dan Lanning, I think expectations are, might have are a little li- longer. I was going to say that. I, expectations may be a little, uh, a little bit more long-term because he's gotten close, but he's never gotten like to over the that hump. point. Yeah. Even to taste it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan Lanning's kind of been like, uh, he's been there for the appetizer, but then he gets left for the main (laughs) course. Uh, It's it's that sort of thing with DeBoer of, hey, you know, he's set up with not only himself in great position, but his offensive coordinator who's led Washington Mm -hmm. to be a top offense in the country Mm -hmm. the past two seasons at Alabama. Like, expectation should be, hey, because we have Jalen Milrow b- returning, mm-hmm. because Washington's probably going to bring some guys in to Bama as well, and because of what Bama has in front of them today, because I'll say, they might not even need movement. to. Yeah. You haven't seen a lot of movement from Alabama, which means these players are like, I can play for DeBoer too if I can play for Nick Saban. I, 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 I want to play for this guy too. They will be competitive next season. Oh, yeah. I mean, so here's the, here's the only thing is – if you're an Alabama fan, you probably look at him taking over Washington, who was four and eight the year he st- before he started. They go eleven and two, fourteen and one, and then he comes to Alabama, right? So you're like, okay, we weren't four and eight last year. We weren't a total rebuild last year. We were in the college football playoff this year. So why should we have to? I mean, if he can make it to a national championship game in two years after a four and eight season at Washington, it's like. 
if he can't win a national title in three years, he's not the guy. Yeah, and the disadvantage DeBoer has still is Nick Saban can walk into a room of recruits and they know who he is mm-hmm. and they want to play for him. DeBoer is still kind of at that youthful age in terms of um, popularity mm-hmm. that if he walked into a room, some people would know who he is and some wouldn't. So a lot of people even listening probably couldn't pick Kalen DeBoer out of a lineup, which is fine. And, and that could be a good point. Um, like I'd be curious, maybe three out of ten? Uh, no more than half. No more than half. Of the pe- if, you did, if you pulled ten people, no more than half would be able to pick Kalen DeBoer out of the lineup. If you're listening to this show, all ten of you could pick Nick Saban out of the lineup, right? So it's, I mean, you know, we talked about the blind side on Friday with him making up his lines and stuff, right? He would have been one of the coaches that people are like, wait, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Everybody knew who Nick Saban was, right? Even, even at that point. That's 12 years ago at this point, if not more. 13, 14 right, years Ed ago. Right, Ed Orshan walked in. Yeah. Like, you know who that guy is. But there's, I think, like, Houston Nutt was in there, maybe. I think who? Phil, I think Philip Fulmer was who? in there. And, like, yeah, those are, like, especially Fulmer is a, a more famous coach. But I think there are probably a lot of people that are like, I don't, I don't recognize that guy by sight, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you recognize Nick Saban the moment he walks into a room. DeBoer does have a little work to do in that sense. There's not that, like, oh, that sense of You're not of just going to accidentally fall into six five-stars on your team. <laughs> like, there's not – well, and that's the other thing, if you're Kalen DeBoer, that you have to be really intentional about because that's the one thing he hasn't done yet is recruit at a super high level. His last class at Washington was, I think, 36th. His mm-hmm. first class was in, like, the 90s, but he had a huge transfer class. You have to wonder – okay, is this guy prepared to recruit at an Alabama level? Or was he just not getting those classes because he was at places like Fresno State and Washington? That's what we don't know yet. That's the big question mark about Kalen DeBoer. But I, I am really torn because I love Kalen DeBoer. I don't like Bama. So I, I landed on, okay, first-round playoff exits. He gets fired in like four to five years because they get sick of it and they're stupid. But you don't want to see your guy get fired, right? I'm okay if he gets fired as long as he was successful. Like, if he's winning 10, 11 games a year and they're stupid enough to fire him, I can live with that. Because then he'll get a job immediately because somebody else will be like, you guys are morons. But I don't, I mean, I, I can't, <laughs> I need Alabama to come back to earth a little bit. <laughs> I can't go on like 20 years of Alabama being dominant. I don't want to do it. I, I, unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen. Probably. Uh, probably. And, you, you know, it, 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 that's just what it has to be. Right? It like, is. It, You're right. You just have to be okay with that. And, you know, whatever coach took over that program yeah. was going to have some sort of success right away because it's yes. not like they were choosing um, – it's not like they were promoting Tommy Reese, who right. actually got demoted. Uh, but they were going after the big guns. Yeah, you were going to get a big time – names yeah. in football. You are going to get a big-time winner. So it, it was kind of inevitable yes. for Bama to remain as well, good as they are. And the cupboard is pretty full, right? I mean, it's not like – it's not like Saban. Like when Jimbo left Florida State, he had pretty much been mailing it in for mm-hmm. two years at that point. Um, that team was in the dumps. That was not a situation. Like uh, Nick Saban has Bama in a terrific spot whoever for Kalen DeBoer, but at the time for whoever was going to take over, they're in really good shape. So at least for a couple years, they're going to have some level of success. What happens after that is going to be more on DeBoer. But I think if he doesn't win a national title by year three, like – the seat's going to be hot, which is crazy to talk about. Now, are, were you surprised that Ryan Grubb got passed over by Washington? A little bit, yeah, I was. I, I know you really like Jed Fish, and I, 
I think that was a good hire. I think it was a great hire um, for a ton of different reasons. And and we'll get to the, we'll get to uh, Jed Fish here because there's a domino with that Arizona job that leads us back to Nebraska. All all roads <laughs> lead back to the Cornhuskers. But I was surprised that they didn't even – it didn't really seem like they gave – because they didn't even interview him. They just swept him away. Yeah, it really didn't even seem like they gave and him th- the time. That made day. me wonder because there are times where you have a coach that's like a really good coordinator, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have um, the, the personality or he doesn't have the – the tools like people aren't seeing the tools in his belt for yeah. him to be a head coach. Well, and you wonder how much credit was going to DeBoer over Grubb over for what the team looked like, right? Um, so that's I was a little surprised with that he didn't get more serious consideration because I do think he's going to get a shot as a head coach sooner rather than later based on his track record. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about Jed Fish going to Washington and what that means for Arizona and how that could circle its way back to Nebraska. You're listening to Hurt Out Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, here live from the Hurt Out Sports Bar Grove.